Hello and welcome to episode two of the Towards the Truth podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving you that flick of the switch moment that gets you closer to living into your true and authentic state of being. I'm your host, Trav Dittmar, and today I wanted to talk a bit about vulnerability and getting vulnerable with yourself. Now, this is something that I'm super passionate about because the benefits of doing this are absolutely endless and there is so much to learn about yourself, not only with your emotional tendencies and triggers and all of that sort of thing, but also just learning about why you do the things you do, why you love the things that you love and everything like that. So today we're gonna look at five main reasons why getting vulnerable with yourself is gonna benefit you. So reason number one is because it's scary. Um, Without a doubt, it's, it's a challenging thing to do, especially if you've never done it before. And the benefits that come from this are that you learn about the things that you are afraid to encounter within yourself. So fear is a powerful emotion, it's a powerful feeling. And what we often find with things that we fear, whether that be public speaking or yeah, diving in deep to our own emotional understanding of ourselves, is that we actually have nothing to be afraid of with these things. Once we dive in and consciously explore the things that scare us, we realize that there's not really any point in being scared of these things. So fear can actually serve as an acronym. So false evidence appearing real. And this evidence appears real initially because it's something that we haven't had the courage or had the willingness to go and develop an understanding of, to go and explore. You know, thinking about why we fear certain things, a lot of these things are actually quite irrational. And what we fear, we can't control. But once we bring those sorts of experiences, these emotions, these tendencies into our awareness, we have a better chance at actually controlling them and making them a part of us, embracing that fear and growing ourselves as a character. There's a really, really good quote by John R. R. Tolkien, which says, a man that flies from his fear may find that he has only taken a shortcut to meet it. So running away from your fear inevitably will lead to you experiencing things that you're afraid of, but not actually being able to consciously deal with them and by becoming more vulnerable with ourselves by digging into the things that make us afraid we actually negate that we take away the emotion that lies behind being scared of these things so for me personally this is a bit of an embarrassing one but i was always afraid of birds (laughs) and um particularly magpies but all birds really and diving into that and trying to figure out why that was Um, there was a traumatic experience that I had with some magpies as a kid, which I look back on now and I do find it quite funny. Um, basically I was riding a bike through a park and I hadn't ridden a bike, well, well, up until a couple of months ago, I hadn't ridden a bike since. And the reason being was going through this park, it was the middle of spring and I felt something clip the back of my helmet. And I saw that it was a magpie and I didn't really know what to do, fight, flight or freeze, so I just kept riding. And the magpie came back, but he had about three or four other friends. <laughs> and uh, essentially, they all hit me and they knocked me off the bike. And I yeah, built up that fear within myself and I just didn't want anything to do with any kind of birds whatsoever. It wasn't until in the last couple of years or so where I actually owned a pet bird and got closer to you know experiencing birds without you know trying to freak myself out i mean it was a very scary experience but 
Once I dived into that, I found that this fear was totally irrational. You know, at the end of the day, magpies swoop only in the spring because they're trying to protect their young. They're not trying to hurt you. They're trying to protect what's important to them. So when we dive into those things, we can conquer them, which is exactly what I did with this bird situation. And I know it sounds quite funny, but it's, a, it's just an example of some of the more in-depth fears you know, that we can approach with ourselves. And there's another quote by Marcus Aurelius, which is, it's not a death, not death that a man should fear, but he should fear never beginning to live. And if we keep these experiences that we're too scared to have in the distance, then we ourselves aren't living to our fullest state of being. We aren't able to embrace all parts of the world, all parts of nature, all parts of our emotional selves if we don't embrace this fear. And I know that particularly with men, we're getting a lot better at it, but women are great at this. They're great at diving into their emotions and really understanding why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. And when we dive deep into these things, they become, they go from the unconscious to the conscious. We then become aware of them. And when we're aware of them, we can act accordingly and we can adjust ourselves as, as we need to. So number one, reason why getting vulnerable with yourself is super important is because it is scary and because we can overcome any of these fears that we have whether they are like birds or whether they are emotional you know whether they are looking within and figuring out what's going wrong with us why we're feeling upset why we're doing what we're doing that's how we grow by embracing that fear by getting vulnerable with ourselves because it's scary and because it's the right thing to do number two is it's a great way to find out or reinforce your passions. When you can sit down with yourself and ask yourself why. Now, why is a very broad question generally, but that's the point. You could say, look, let's use this bird example. Why am I afraid of birds? Because the birds did this to me that, that one day when I was 13 or 14, whatever it was. Okay, but why did they do that? Well, because they were protecting their young. Why did that scare me? Well, because they knocked me off my bike and it was a startling experience and I was a little bit scraped up from it. Why did that scare me? Well, because no one really likes to fall over and get hurt and, and you know, become traumatised as a result of riding a bike. So why did that traumatise me? And you keep going down that path and by doing that, you get to the root cause of, in this case it was fear, but apply this to passion. Okay, so for me, again, I can only use my own examples here, but why do I love writing poetry? Well, I love writing poetry because it's a great way to connect with the, everything around you, be that nature, emotions, uh, anything really. Poetry can literally be about anything, and that's great. And why is that great for me? Well, because I'm a creative guy, and to be able to engage with my passions in a creative way is super meaningful for me. So there's another quote I'd like to bring up here from Nelson Mandela, which is, there is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one that you are capable of living. When we can be vulnerable with ourselves and understand why we do the things we do, why we love the things we love, or you know, even, even in the inverse, we can go, okay, why do I pursue this? Why do I play footy, for example? And it might turn out that you play it for reasons other than actually because you enjoy it and that's okay too but if you realize that you have a conscious awareness of why you do the things that you do and then you can adapt and change accordingly 
And what that then does is that gets you closer to being your authentic self because you are living your passions because you want to live them, because they bring you joy, because they bring you happiness, because they bring you fulfillment. And that in itself is a beautiful concept because what's the point in living a life where we just do the things that we've always done because we've always done them? You know, and I myself, I went through a lot of different identity shifts growing up and I tried all different sorts of things from sports to religion to music to writing to virtually anything. You know, and, and this tracks into career paths as well. I've had a lot of different career paths along the way to try and find what my place in the world is, where I fit from a career perspective. But once we strip that back, and once we get more aware of ourselves and why we do the things we do, why we enjoy the things we enjoy, or why we don't enjoy the things that we do, we can then make those shifts, bring that into our awareness, and become more of our true authentic self and embrace ourselves for the things that make us who we are. So number two is to figure out or reinforce your passions in life. Number three is to dig into unresolved past events. Everyone has been through a variety of different things throughout their lives. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever the case may be. And a lot of people tend to bottle these things up. I myself had done this for a long time. It was only in the last couple of years where I've really started to do some deep inner work to figure out what things had actually affected me growing up. You know, there's certain instances throughout my life that shaped my identity or made me more confused about who I am. And I hadn't even realized this until I'd done the deep inner work. And particularly, this was around identity and self-confidence for me. So I had a, I had a few different experiences growing up, uh, the more extreme of which was a, an abusive stepdad when I was growing up. And I was always a pretty smart kid, uh, academically speaking, and I like to think I still am now. Um, but this was always a point of jealousy for him because he also had a son, and now his son wasn't as academically gifted as me, and he was also older than me. And as a result of that, there was a lot of jealousy, a lot of bitterness from him towards me. And I was, you know, we, we, he was in our lives from eight years old thereabouts till about 12, 13 for me. And eventually one day, and don't worry, he's not in our lives anymore before I say this, just a bit of a trigger warning here. Uh, he actually held a knife to my throat muttering words along the lines of, if I were to kill you now, my son would be the smartest kid in this family. And I dealt with the physical trauma from that and some subsequent uh, physical abuse that happened on that same day. Uh, dealt with that quite comfortably in the end. Uh, Traumatised me for a little while, but I was able to work through that. But what I actually didn't realise when I went deeper within this was that this shook my confidence. I identified myself as a smart kid and this instance in itself subconsciously taught me the lesson that if you are a smart person, there will be consequences for that. And once I dived into that and really, really confronted myself, looked at myself in the mirror and said, well, is this actually true? Of course it's not true, but I was able to embrace this side of me. I was able to embrace my mind and my intellect and step into that power because that power is mine and no one can take that away from me no matter what traumatic instance happened to me back then. It took me a while to realize that, but by getting vulnerable with myself and going deeper into this, 
I was able to consciously be aware of it and change it. I was able to embrace that side of myself and that is truly one of the best things that I've ever been able to do. So there's another quote I'd like to bring up here. Trauma is a fact of life. It does not, however, have to be a life sentence. As I said before I started this reason, we all have traumas. We all have things that we have been through. But these things don't need to be able to define us. They don't need to have that power. You can make the decision to go, yes, this was a terrible experience that happened to me. These things sucked about it. This was what made it so horrible. But now I'm aware of it. I have learned this about that situation. I've learned about the story that I've been telling myself about it. And now I can take the steps to correct it because that's not who I am. Yes, it might have shaped me, but it can shape me through the lessons that it taught me and it can make me a better person no matter what that experience was. Now, I'm not for a second discrediting trauma here because there is some very, very traumatic things that have happened to a lot of people and I'm fully aware of that. And some of those mental scars do take a lot longer to heal than others. That is absolutely true and there's no denying that whatsoever. But what you do with that trauma is on you from here on in because that instance has happened and you have the power and you are so powerful when it comes to this you have the absolute power to take that instance and make it something that it was never intended to be to make that a defining moment in your life where you learned a lesson about yourself and you went no i'm not going to let this control me anymore i control it i am the leader of this experience i am the leader of myself and I'm the leader of my response to this situation. Another quote I'd like to bring up uh, by Octavia Butler, delusional pain hurts just as much as pain from actual trauma. So what if it's all in your head? Some of these instances or some, some things that might have happened growing up could also be a different story to what's actually happened in your own mind. A lot of the time, and I've found this personally as well, we can look at an instance and then we can tell a story to ourselves about it that wasn't actually the case. And sometimes that's hard to confront because you feel like you're lying to yourself. You feel like you're a liar. But no, that's actually not the case at all. What you've done is defended yourself from a subconscious point of view. You've made maybe some embellishments to the story. Maybe you've just told yourself a different narrative for whatever comfort reason that there was. And that's okay. That is part of a natural human response. But again... Once we bring some awareness to this situation, we can then decide, okay, yes, this story did somewhat happen to an extent. Maybe these things didn't exactly happen the way that I thought they did. Or maybe, maybe I interpreted these things the wrong way, and that's fine. But if we can break through that little bit of delusion that's got caught up in our head, that has, has made up a part of the story that we're telling ourselves, then again, that becomes something that we become aware of. We become aware of this event, we become aware of the story, and we can change things. We can make things better for ourselves. But that all starts by getting vulnerable about these situations and not being afraid to confront and positively, constructively criticise ourselves and ultimately better ourselves and get closer to being our true and authentic self. So number three, to dig into unresolved past events. Number four is to learn your triggers and your emotional tendencies. Again, another big one. Subconsciously, we have so many instinctive responses to situations. And that's just, again, another part of human nature. 
this is a, an emotional awareness exercise where once we understand these things, once we have the courage to go, okay, this upset me. Why did this instance upset me? Okay, maybe that's an emotional response that I had based on something that happened in the past. You know, this person not being honest with me upset me because I felt let down by someone that lied to me when I was younger. And therefore, they might not have meant to actually do that to upset me, but that's why I have responded in this way. And it's important to understand our emotional triggers and be aware of how we feel and why we feel how we feel because everyone else around us doesn't act, I'd hope not anyway, but everyone else around us doesn't act in a certain way to us with the intention of hurting us. Some people do, and that's a bit of a different story. That's a bit more along the lines of narcissism, which I'll cover in another episode. But how people act, situations that we find ourselves in, they're not inherently good or bad. Situations just are. What creates the good or the bad in a situation is in our emotional response to it. And by coming more and more aware of what our responses are, what our triggers are, and why we respond the way that we do, then we can more consciously act in these situations of challenge, of emotional stress, of fear, of doubt, of all of those sorts of things. Getting back to the rational mind when we're looking at emotions is of nothing but benefit. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with feeling emotions. That is not for a second what I'm saying. I myself am a very emotional person. Put a proposal or a wedding on any episode of TV and I'll be crying. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with feeling your emotions because they are a beautiful thing and they teach us more about ourselves the more we open up to them. But when we can rationalise why we feel the way we feel, we then again get another better, more intimate understanding of ourselves and why we do the things that we do. So I've got another couple of quotes here. Uh, those who make conversations impossible make escalation inevitable. Those who make conversations impossible make escalation inevitable. If we avoid having the important conversations with ourselves around our emotions and around our points of trigger, or even if we avoid having these conversations with other people and saying, hey, look, you really upset me today. This is what happened. This is why I felt this way then we are going to just ruminate these things in our head over and over again. We're going to have hypothetical fights with people in our mind. We're going to have hypothetical confrontations with people in our mind. Or we're going to imagine hypothetical situations and imagine our hypothetical, emotional, angry, sad, pissed off response to them, whatever that might be. So by having these conversations, not only with ourselves, but with other people as well, we can unlock our own inner awareness and we can bring that awareness to these situations so that they don't escalate, so that they don't hold power over us because we are the kings and queens of our own internal selves and if we are aware of why these things upset us, why these things piss us off and we communicate them not only with ourselves but with other people, then the escalation is avoided. These situations can just be put to the side or you know dealt with put to the side and never thought of again. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather go about my life with a clear head without being pissed off about things that haven't even happened yet. So there's another quote I've got there, which is essentially sums up this topic, which is whatever is triggering you is on you. It is up to you to identify your triggers, to identify your emotional responses and how they connect 
and it is up to you to then bring that to your awareness to deal with them and to recognize them going forward. Now, this is a constant challenge. This is a constant piece of work that we should all look to do because new situations happen to us every day. And yes, we can use the past situations that we've been through as a means of understanding ourselves and confronting these emotional triggers. But what happens tomorrow when something might go wrong? How do we deal with that? And that is just through increased awareness and continually practicing bringing the unconscious to the conscious and essentially embracing these things, recognizing them and being able to take that step back and go, okay, this is why I was triggered by this. I'm not going to let this affect me or I'm going to respond in this more conscious and aware manner. So that's number four, which is to learn your triggers and emotional tendencies. Last but not least, number five is to grow into your true and authentic self by doing all of these things, by finding your passions or finding things you're not passionate about, by embracing fear, by resolving past events that have happened to you that you've been carrying for a while, and by becoming aware of yourself emotionally and what your triggers are, you are then able to grow. You do the work within yourself and nothing but good comes out of that, no matter what work you do. You know, every, every time you work on yourself, whether it's five minutes a day, whether it's a few hours a day, any time you do anything to better yourself, well, it's in the sentence, you're bettering yourself, aren't you? You're, you're growing, you are making yourself a better, more conscious, more aware, more confident person because you are learning more and embracing more about who you are. Again, I've got some really, really good quotes about this. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. That's a Viktor Frankl quote. And how true is that? We have the chance in every situation to decide how we're going to respond. And in that response lies our growth and our freedom. We grow as people, we become more free because we're embracing ourselves, we are understanding ourselves, we are learning and we are growing ourselves and the people around us as a result. And I think that is something that's truly beautiful. The more one can embrace their true authentic self and understand why they do what they do, the better this world becomes. There's another couple of quotes here I've got. Strength and growth come only through continuous efforts and struggle, Napoleon Hill. So this touches on what I was saying before. This is a continuing practice to get involved in. One session of emotional awareness and digging in and getting vulnerable with yourself doesn't fix all problems, doesn't teach you all lessons to learn about yourself. This has to be an ongoing thing where you confront these things about yourself and understand yourself and therefore establish your identity and your true authentic self more. Keep doing the work and you'll keep seeing results. You'll dig things deeper into yourself and into your true state of being that you never even knew were actually there. And some of those might be challenging to confront. Other things might be beautiful things to realize. And that's just a part of the human journey. And that is one of the most beautiful things that we have the power to do with our amazing brains is get more of that stuff that's in the unconscious mind into the conscious and into our awareness and therefore into our being. Last quote for the day. The key to growth is the introduction of higher dimensions of our consciousness into our awareness. Lao Tzu. Now that basically sums up the quote before by suggesting that 
when we become more aware of ourselves on the different levels and the different dimensions of the mind, we are bringing our consciousness into our awareness and thus becoming better, more informed versions of ourselves. So number five is to grow into your true, authentic self. The power of vulnerability is something that can't be underestimated. By doing the continuous work, you will be amazed at what your vulnerability shows you about yourself and then later on, how expressing that vulnerability to others makes you feel and makes other people feel as well. Because if you are aware of yourself and your tendencies and you have these discussions with people, it brings stuff into their own awareness as well. And it encourages people to think and reflect more upon themselves and to get themselves more vulnerable and therefore to become, you know, get one step closer to their true and authentic state of being. And that's something that is so beautiful and can only do good for the world. Good for you, good for them, and good for the collective as a whole. So that's what I've got for you today. Vulnerability is such a powerful tool. I encourage you all to try and get vulnerable with yourself, to try and learn these things about you. If you don't have the biggest idea of how to do that, feel free to reach out to me. I'm the Journey of Trav on Instagram. Towards the Truth Podcast on TikTok, uh, Towards the Truth Podcast at gmail.com for any email inquiries. And I'm also on Facebook as well. So please, please, please use these forums to connect with me. If you have any questions or if you have any other topics that you want me to cover, I'll gladly love to hear them from you. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please give this show a five star rating and leave a review. This gets the podcast out there to more and more people and gets the message out there that I would love to share with as many souls as I possibly can. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please also give it a like and subscribe to the channel so that you do never miss another episode. Same goes with the Spotify and Apple Music there too. If you follow the podcast, you'll all automatically get updates for every time I upload a new episode, which will be about twice a week. So thank you very much for listening today. And remember, love everyone and tell the truth. Hope you have an amazing day.